Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, we're back. Live at Saturday, powered by DraftKings. Uh, excited to bring in our next guest, Jared Smith, here with you uh, in Vegas. We'll get back to Adam Kaufman in a minute. I think he's taking a bit of a break. Um, needs to uh, relieve himself as we get to a very long part. This is a tough part of the show. I had to sprint across the, the sports book just now to get it because, hey, three-hour show. But, hey, uh, Joe Cerullo, MLB betting analyst with the MLB Network, is going to join us now to talk a little bit of hardball. Um, this is a fun time of year, Joe. Of course, our focus after football starts to transition into a little bit of college basketball basketball and NBA, but then we get that, right, that pitchers and catchers report, those great words that come across uh, our ticker uh, right around mid-February. So we're there. We're in spring training. Um, anything interesting besides the uniforms catch your eye the first week so far? <laughs> I mean, man, don't get me started on those uniforms. Those are about as big an eyesore <laughs> as you can imagine. And now you're hearing the players talk about they're not as comfortable as the old uniforms. I just, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that just seems to be all Rob Manfred's done as commissioners. Try to fix things that don't need fixing and ultimately making them worse. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. All right, Joe, let's get back to brass tacks, right? I mean, we could talk about the uniforms still were blue in the face. Maybe they'll hire George Costanza to come in and try to fix things like he yes. did in Seinfeld, right? But um, I, I think the Orioles were such an intriguing team for me last year. I made a big bet on them uh, to win the American League right around midseason. I kind of started to believe that they could be that team and they might go out and get an arm. And they did go out and, and add some stuff at the deadline. But this offseason, they made a big splash, right? They went and go, got, got curb and burn. So I think is, to me, top five pitcher in baseball right now. We'll see how much longevity he has. But I think you've got to be confident that the Orioles can make another run at the division this year, right? Yeah, I agree with you on Burns. And more importantly, I agree with you on the Orioles. Last year, my big ticket was taking their win total. They got no respect from what they did two seasons ago, and they came in last year at 76 and a half. This year, I'm switching gears. I'm taking them to win the AL East. You can get that a little better than two to one, plus 205 on DraftKings. And it's a play that I love because they finished 19 games ahead of the Yankees a year ago. Now the Yankees add Juan Soto. They did some other stuff, right? Marcus Stroman, Alex Verdugo. And all of a sudden, people think the Yankees are the favorites in the AL East. You know, the Padres, when they added Juan Soto in the regular season, went just 111 and 107 with him. I don't think that he himself makes up 19 games behind this Orioles team. Look, it's going to take some time for them to get healthy, but Kyle Bradish will be back around June. John Means probably around May. And neither of those guys have to play ace like they've had to do for Baltimore in the past. It's one of the most complete rotations out there. I think it's a better rotation than the Yankees. And that lineup's only getting better. They were incredible a year ago. Now Jackson Holiday is going to be entering the mix. I think the Orioles are still the team to beat. They might not win 100, but they should win the division again. So you were just talking about, you know, hey, might not win 100 with the Orioles. Everyone expects, I mean, everyone expects the Dodgers to win 100. They won 100 last year right on the nose and obviously have gone out and added 
Shohei Otani and Yamamoto and, you know, just a, a collection of guys, Glass now, you name it. I mean, the, the payroll spending was off the charts in, in the offseason. Doesn't matter, though. It's baseball. There's no salary caps. The hat's off to the Dodgers. When you look at their win total sitting at just, I believe it's 103 and a half. We're talking about just a four-win improvement off of last year with all of that influx of talent. I realize there are no guarantees in life. There are certainly no guarantees in gambling. But doesn't that feel like a pretty good bet? It does. I mean, admittedly, I'd be more likely to take them over 103 and a half wins than I would to win the World Series. Because what I've been telling everyone in my new home out in Los Angeles is that the Dodgers are going to go 120 and 42 and then get bounced by the Reds in the NLDS. <laughs> but yeah, you know, over 103 and a half, assuming everyone stays healthy, that's always the key, right? Otani's not going to pitch this year. He's still one of the best bats in baseball. Can Tyler Glass now? stay healthy. I mean, the guy's almost 30 years old. I don't think he has 30 career wins. He's never out there for a full season. So if the Dodgers can stay healthy, yes, they should easily clear the 103 and a half mark. I'm still not buying them to win the World Series, but I'll tell you what, there is another team in the National League West that I think goes over their win mark. It's 20 wins lower than the Dodgers, and it's the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is my mm. favorite win total play going into the season. I mean, they won 84 games a year ago, and they only got better. Why this total is 83 and a half makes no sense to me. They added Detroit's ace, Eduardo Rodriguez, a guy who, by the way, the Dodgers were dying to acquire last year at the deadline. Yep. The D-backs add him. He's going to be their number three. Their number four starter, Brandon Fott, was terrible last regular season, was incredible in the playoffs. They're going to get about 40 more homers from Eugenio Suarez and Jock Peterson, guys who provide pop from both sides of the dish. I think Arizona is sitting pretty to go over that 83 and a half mark. I like that way better than any Dodgers bets going into the year. Yeah, I think the reason why it's low is because you get the Dodgers gobbling up all that win equity in that same division. And to be fair, though, the schedule is more balanced now. So they don't play the Dodgers as many times or the Padres as as many times as they have in years past. I think that boosts the value of teams like Arizona that play in difficult divisions that are kind of in that middle tier. I'd put the Mariners in that same category. And Joe, I, I think this Seattle team, I mean, they are stacked at the top of that rotation. I don't know how deep the lineup goes, but I think they have enough there to at least supplement what is probably the best top of the rotation in baseball right now, at least in the American League. It's got to be. you got three guys there who were all top six in the American League last year in whip. And to your point, yeah, they don't have to play Houston and Texas 19 times like they did a couple of years ago. They have to play them 13, maybe 14 times, depending on the schedule. They've gone for 88 wins or more in three straight years. And Jared, the only thing holding them back from doing this a fourth straight year, you're 100% right, it's the depth of the offense. I just mentioned the D-backs adding a Eugenio Suarez. Well, that comes yeah. with the Mariners losing 30 homers and 100 RBI from a Eugenio Suarez. So what are they going to do? to add offense. People are saying Julio had a down year last year, a sophomore slump. He had a war above five and was a 30-30 guy. He's still going to put up MVP-type numbers, but will they add a bat either now in free agency, at the deadline, or both? I think that realistically, they might be two bats away from competing with Houston, who now has the best eighth, ninth inning punch in baseball, and the defending champs, the Rangers. But I think Seattle's pitching can certainly carry them to over 87 and a half wins. Castillo's going to be a top three Cy Young finalist again, I would say. George Kirby's only getting better. He's the young phenom in that rotation. And then you look at the back end with Wu, who's younger than I am and has way more upside than I do. I mean, the Mariners, they've got that great combination of seasoned vets atop the rotation, the young kid who's kind of become a short thing in Kirby, and then young guys at the back end who are kind of unknowns but have a lot of upside. It's the, the pitching in Seattle is absolutely stellar. They just need guys like Ty France to have a bit of a resurgence from two to three years ago, and they need a little more offense. Joe, you mentioned the Rangers before, of course, the defending champs and one hell of a Cinderella story last year. You're talking about a 90-win team that obviously went and had its postseason run that it did. The only Cinderella story that might have been more impressive would have been those Diamondbacks that you talked about before. But while you're high on Arizona, what kind of regression do you think we might see from Texas? You know, I'm not touching any win totals for the Rangers, and I'm taking the Houston Astros to win the division. I haven't decided yet if I'm actually going to bet it because it really isn't the best return on investment. They're even odds, I believe, over at DraftKings Houston are. But I mentioned that 8-9 punch, Presley going into Hayter. Uh, the Astros lineup is as good as any. I think Texas, you see a longer season. A lot of these teams that aren't used to playing longer seasons, Texas hasn't been there in, what, the better part of a decade. They tend to take a step back 
even Bruce Bochy's squads in San Francisco, they weren't that good when he won three World Series in five years. The years in between, they struggled a bit. They won it in 2012. They won it again in 2014. They were just 76 and 86 in 2013. So I'm um, taking a bit of a step back this year for the Texas Rangers. Might even go under that 89 and a half oh, wow. mark. I think the Astros win the division, and I think Seattle's the second place team. Wow. And I'll be honest, I, I agreed with you during a lot of the regular season. And in the po I was thinking to myself, there's no way the Rangers win, win the World Series. They don't have the pitching. And, man, was I wrong. Um, they almost missed the playoffs altogether. I know. It, it was a really remarkable season. But that's how baseball goes sometimes. It's just it, it's who gets hot. I mean, there's a lot of games that we got to handicap. Um, speaking of games, I think the awards market is also very bettable in Major League Baseball because unlike the other sports, I think the voting, um, the voters are a little bit easier to profile in the baseball awards market. They're a bit of an older voting group and they tend to stick to their rigid ways. So when we're looking at the Cy Young, which is one of my favorite markets to bet on every single year, is there someone in either league or both leagues that we should be keeping an eye on? Yeah, a bit of an older voting group, by the way, was a really nice way to put it. I've got my <laughs> gripes with uh, how to handle the Hall of Fame. But I've got a couple Cy Young picks for you. In the American League, I am eyeing Corbin Burns at 10 to 1. He's already got a Cy Young under his belt. And I think this year he'll become the eighth pitcher ever to win one in both leagues. You look at last year, his numbers didn't look great. 10 and 8 with a 3-4 ERA. His K numbers were down. But it's really because he struggled immensely in that first half last season. He probably had some issues adjusting to the pitch clock. He had an ERA before July 1st of nearly 4.5. His Ks per 9 were just 8.5. After July 1st, that ERA dipped to 2.7. His Ks per nine were up over 10. He's also, and I never thought I would say this about Camden Yards, he's now pitching in more of a pitcher's park than he was <laughs> in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a bandbox. It's a dome. It's a hitter's heaven. Camden just redid all the dimensions. Last year, offense took a steep decline in Baltimore, and that plays right into the acquisition of Corbin Burns. Now, he's got maybe the toughest division in baseball, especially lineup-wise, that he's got to go up against. So he'll have to earn it. But I think at 10-1, to 1, he's a great bet in the American League. And then over in the National League, to me, the best play is 13-1 to 1 odds, Max Freed, not oh. Spencer Strider, his teammate. Strider at plus 550 is the NL favorite. But Freed is the best pitcher on the Braves. He doesn't throw 100 like Strider. He doesn't have that fighting slider. But he's got four to five plus pitches. He changes speeds. He keeps guys off balance. And he's got a fresh arm after making just 14 starts a year ago because he was on the shelf for part of the season. The so Corbin Birds, Max Freed, both 10 to 1 or better. Those are my two best bets for the Cy Young. Joe Cerullo, of course, is a sports betting analyst for MLB Network. Covers as well. You can get him on Twitter at the Joe Cerullo. That is C-E-R-A-U-L-O. Joe, really appreciate you hopping on with us, man. We'll have to do this again soon. Thanks so much, guys. See you soon. Great stuff, Joe. Absolutely. Yeah, long baseball season in oh, front yeah. of us. We are not done talking baseball. We can react to some of what Joe talked about. And, uh, Jared, if, if if we end this show before diving into nerfy Yerfy strategy, then, then we failed. We've done the show wrong. We're going to talk about it when we come back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. We are back on Live Bet Saturday, thanks to Justin Cerullo and uh, all of our guests. We'll mention them again a little bit later on. It was a, a busy stretch there, but uh, just tons of great information yeah. from every across multiple sports joining Jared and I. But you got the two of us the rest of the way, the final, what do we got, about 45 minutes left yep. in this show. And uh, we'll, we'll circle back to some of the other sports, preview some of the other games still coming up later as well. But I, I do want to keep the baseball conversation going a little bit. And and we can, you know, obviously react to some of what Joe talked about and, and give you some looks at some futures and, and bets that we like. But I, I alluded to it before, Nerfy Urfy. Now, anyone that doesn't know what this is, hasn't, you know, isn't familiar with the, the cute little nickname for it. That is, <laughs> you know, no run first inning, yes run first inning, which is... I hesitate. I, you tell me, Jared, because you bet them all the time. I, I, I hesitate to call it a a niche thing in baseball anymore. I think it was for a while. Sure. Now, now I think it's something that a lot of people do. It doesn't mean everyone does it well. I just think a lot of people like to mess around with it because it's, you know, it's it's like betting a, you know, a first quarter prop in the NBA. It's that it's that quick turnaround yep. where you know, either you're going to hit it, you're going to miss it, but. You know, it, if if you're someone who's really into live betting baseball, let's say, you know, it, it can help set the tone for that day. You know, there's nothing like, you know, hitting a quick bet before, you know, at the end of the first inning where you've you've increased your bankroll. You got more money to play with during that nine inning game versus losing a bet and saying, all right, well, I went in pretty hard at at that no run first inning and three runs were scored. So, <laughs> I'm more, you know, measured the rest of the way. But I'm. I'm particularly curious. There are a lot of different ways to look at this, but I'm particularly curious what you look at at the start of a season when obviously there are no trends. There are historical yeah. trends for certain pitchers, but there are no in-season trends once we get underway. Do you do you wait, handicap it for a few weeks, you know, a couple turns through the rotation before you even start to do them, or do you are you betting them right out of the shoe? It's a really so I think in general this market is a very intriguing one because as you alluded to, it is not a professional player's market. It is kind of a public niche market where it's very popular amongst public betters because mm -hmm. of the instant gratification involved with the wager. But the market itself is still very niche and it's still very in its infancy, I would say. Whereas the derivatives of the nerfy are starting to become a thing. For example, one and a half runs in the first inning is a mm. bet I'm starting to see a lot more of. And frankly, it interests me a little bit more taking my favorite plays on the board that are nerfies and upgrading them to one and a half runs and then parlaying a couple of them together. It is mm. a similar approach to a money line parlay when you have, for example, today my favorite parlay of the day for uh, college basketball was Syracuse on the money line. They were about a seven, eight point favorite. Big win mm -hmm. for you guys. They didn't cover, but they won. Um, and Western Michigan, another big six, seven point favorite at home against Buffalo. And that's kind of the range that I like to play money line parlays. I like to take teams that are at home or on the road and they're priced between a five or an eight point favorite. They're usually about minus 200 to minus 300 on the money line. I take two or three of my favorite looks in that realm and I will parlay them together and get 
plus 100, plus 110, somewhere in that range, minus 110. Usually that's kind of the, the range that I swim in. I, I think the nerfies that are the minus 150s, I, that's, I stay away from those. The Yurfies that are minus 200. Eh, Coors Field. Eh, the games in Mexico City. Eh, I stay away from those two. The outliers of the market I tend to go away from. I like mm. trying to find misprices with players, usually pitchers that are on the Yurfie side. For example, yeah. really good high-end starting pitchers. Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer. Those are the first two that come to mind. Their Yurfi records are actually a little bit better than you think because these guys get so amped up in the first inning. And they just pipe one right down the dish and then bang, it gets hit for a home run and they don't give up another run the rest of the game. They get locked in. I see that more often. And I think that is where the mispricing occurs when you get star pitchers where the Yurfi's like minus 150 or the Nerfie, excuse me, is like minus 150 because you expect those star pitchers, the total's really low to get through the inning unscathed. Looking to the Yurfi side on that side of the market is very intriguing. On the Nerfie side, as your, to your point, because it's become a very public market, harder to find value on the Nerfie side. That's why I'm interested this year. I'm going to dabble and experiment a lot with the Nerfie one and a half run lines and try to see if I can find a strategy where I pick my favorite two every day and I put them together and I try to get an even odds parlay somewhere in that vicinity. Because I think if you take away the random lightning strikes, the solo home runs, the random errors where one run occurs, I do think it makes it a little bit easier to navigate the Nerfie markets. But Again, the original point, it's just it's a really public market right now. We're not seeing that public persuade or the, the 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 sharp persuasion really tip the scales. We might soon. I'll be honest. These are coming to the point now where a lot of professional bettors might start to get involved. But right now, it is very much Johnny Q public, smaller bets. The market's not moving a ton unless there is heavy volume like those starting pitchers that tend to not give up runs. Have you looked into what the percentages say just you know over a you know the historical data of a given season for instance you know and, and I'm, I'm making this number up i sure. have no idea what it is i'm just thinking about it now but if you were to look and say okay you know what what percentage of time was there a run in the first inning throughout the entire 2023 baseball season you know do you know if it's a uh, a 60 40 split to oh, yeah. the no for instance you know where where you would look at it and just say if I just blindly bet no, every you would game. Lose. Okay, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, so I did that last year. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, the team splits, team overall. I mean, I, it, Adam, it's it's sickening how much data I have on this. Um, Great. <laughs> it's sickening. Um, okay, here we go. So the team overall. So last year, there were, it looks like, the Yurfi actually finished higher than the Nerfies. So there were more Yurfies than Nerfies in the entire Major League Baseball season hmm. last year. And yeah, 2,430 games. I've got 1,220 Yurfies and 1,210 Nerfies. So there's your answer. Hmm. So about 50, and again, it's pretty spot on. And the juice gobbles up. Pretty close to 50 50. Yes. Yeah. And the juice gobbles up all of. You know, any potential winnings you would have, right? Uh, you know, if you're betting minus 110, minus 120 every single night over the course of 2,430 bets, and you're right. winning 1,220 of them and losing 1,210, you better have even odds or plus money on those bets or you're going to be down juice throughout the course of the year. That's right. why this, to me, is very much spot and price dependent. I love fading the star pitchers. I love betting Yurfies when the stars are, are, are out. And the Nerfie market, I, I didn't do well on the Nerfie side last year. Like, if I went back and looked at my records, and I keep track of Yurfie and Nerfie, so I bet one, I bet the other, I keep track of it. I had a very good record betting Yurfies last year, 191 and 166. That's 53.5% with average odds of about minus, one thir- uh, minus 112. So that's not bad. That's pretty good. Nerfie side mm-hmm. went 154 and 152. Okay, you're above 500, but I was down 19 units because the average mm. odds are minus 115. And it just it's very hard to outrun that juice with these derivative markets. A lot of times it's 15-cent splits. It's not minus 110, minus 110 on both sides where it's a 10-cent split. It's minus 115, minus 115 on both sides because it's a longer split for a prop. That's where you really have to be smart when you're betting these with the price. Don't just blanket bet every Yurfie because it's fun or Nerfie because it's fun. I think 
that's where my evolution will come this year. And I'll be writing these up for VEASAN every week. I will mm -hmm. be much more selective with when I go nerfy, one and a half runs. When I go yerfy, I'm trying to find the plus money. The price to me is everything. It's fascinating. I'm uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the write-ups. One, <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun here. Com and and seeing those, but uh, yeah, this we were talking about this earlier. I can't even remember at this point in time. This was on the air, or off the air. I think it was off. The this is it, it, we're in that time of the year where you know ba you're just you're hungry for baseball again. You forget you know how how painstakingly long it is. You know how much money you might have lost over the course of a baseball season. How annoyingly painstakingly. <laughs> volatile the sport is obviously because i mean it's as volatile as they come like baseball and the nhl probably go head to head in terms of volatility and yet it you know winter gets here and spring training gets here and you're yeah i'm in let's go let's do it again can't wait and we're just throwing units out left and right you know come opening day once that rolls around and it's it's it is interesting because they're just you know, nerfy yerfy is only one exercise. There are so many different ways yep. to bet baseball that you can understand why people, I mean, there are some people, and I don't need to tell you this, that are fairly exclusive to that club. Others yep. that won't touch it, that only go totals, that only go sides, that don't do any of that, only do player props, only do K props. You know, it's, it's there. You can really specialize in a, in a world of different things. I think you should. I think if you're new, if you're watching this network tonight and you've never bet on anything, and I'm, I'm assuming most of you have, but let's say you're watching this network tonight, you're brand spanking new to the betting world. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Uh, good luck. But also pick one thing that you really like, one conference that you really enjoy watching, one avenue. Say you're a big pitcher guy, bet the pitcher mm. pro. Like pick one thing and specialize in it because it's impossible to keep track of everything. It is Live Bet Saturday. We're going to get back to some of the other sports, check in on some of the live scoreboards, see if we like any live betting opportunities as well. Much more coming your way here on Live Bet Saturday on VEASAN. Stay with us. This is Live Bet Saturday on VEASAN, the sports betting network. If you are looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get our daily best bets, emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming college betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. Visit VEASAN.com slash pro to subscribe today. That is VSIN.com slash pro. Pro. Welcome on back. Live at Saturday here. Jared Smith, Adam Kaufman. And uh, we've, you know, obviously we're, we're tracking everything that's out there. We were just talking about this UConn and Villanova game that, uh, you know, we, we have as a show collectively, <laughs> us, our guests, we have been pretty staunchly on the number one Huskies side in this one, Jared. And uh, well, I don't know if anyone told UConn because no. at the and, you know, the, the cover is possible, certainly yeah, possible. It's possible. It's 11 and a half is what we need. There is 11, 12 minutes left in this game. UConn is currently up by six. But as you were talking about during the break, you know, I've been a little more focused on the NBA in terms of what's on my TV. You're watching this one, uh, albeit we're watching everything on mute. And so, you know, gauging as much as we can. But, you know, you're watching this. You said it just doesn't really feel like a game that the Huskies are interested in, in having this, you know, runaway win. No, they're having an off shooting night. I mean, they're seven to 25 from three right before the break there. Uh, the under 12, the uh, wide open three, like, you know, from the corner, like about as wide, like, no one within 10 feet of them, brick city. And that's just kind of the mm. night it's been for UConn. Um, I do think the cover is possible because Nova's not shooting it well either. I mean, this is a stone cold under game and knock on wood overtime, of course, but um, it does look like the live line's peaking in that 9-10 range. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that UConn goes on a good four, six minute stretch, pulls away here. But it, sure. it, right, like the, the handicap coming into this game was not right. It, it was UConn is going to be motivated off the loss. You know, Coach Hurley after the embarrassment at Creighton is going to really get his guys fired up. They don't look like they have that really killer instinct tonight, but there's still 10 minutes left in the game, 11.50 actually. And one knockout blow here, one 8-10-0 run, I think puts this one in cover range for us. So it's not out of the woods yet, but I don't love what I'm seeing um, with the Huskies in this game. 
So over in, uh, in in the world of the NBA, pro basketball, again, the three games all underway, and, and they're all pretty close, actually. The Magic are trailing in Detroit by only one point, uh, about five minutes to go in the third quarter. Celtics have opened up a six-point lead late in the opening half in New York, pardon me. And then uh, this one's interesting here. So the Timberwolves, who came in about eight-point favorites against the Nets, home game for Minnesota, down by five late in the opening quarter. And I want to look at at where the live line uh, sits in this game here, uh, because for Minnesota, again, you know, heavy money line favor coming in. All right, so still minus 210 on the money line mm. on DraftKings. Still, even despite being down five, a four-and-a-half-point favorite, which to me, I mean, that's, that's the algorithm uh, not, uh, you sure. know, uh, not completely uh, necessarily reacting to what's happened because again, it was seven and a half point favorite going into the game when it was, you know, tied, it was zero, zero, you know, and, and four and a half when you're down by five, that's, you'd wait obviously for a better number in that situation. But uh, now Minnesota's chipping away. It's a three point game. So I'm not really sure there's anything here live. Why the only thing that I could be tempted to bet live uh, out of these three games at the moment, I think would be, Orlando minus four and a half down yeah. by one in Detroit. I, I could talk myself into that because at, at the end of the day, the Pistons are still inferior and shorthanded. Yeah, I, I'll be honest that. And we talked about that game about an hour ago. And I'm like, at some point you would imagine the magic are going to pull away from these pesky Pistons, but just hasn't quite transpired that way tonight. I think, mm. and again, the, the NBA is a, I am just starting now over the last week or two to really dive into some of these teams and try to, you know, I, I the way I approach it is I, I like to do tiers. I'm a big mm -hmm. tier guy. And you put teams in different tiers. And, and then, you know, when, when one team faces another team, I don't have precise power ratings to get good numbers. But when one team faces another team that's in a different tier, you, you, you try to put that in the realm of, of, you know, how your brain looks at that game. Um, the Magic Pistons, like to me, those are two teams on very different tiers. And now upsets happen a lot, especially post-All-Star break. These guys are just getting back into a rhythm. But, yeah, I, I would say at some point, and again, maybe now in the third quarter, you start to, okay, maybe it's just not the Magic's night. But at some point, I, I would say Orlando pulls away from Detroit there. Let's circle back, mix in a little more NFL. It's funny. I've done so many of these shows on Saturday nights, and and a lot of the time they are exclusively yeah, NFL. Right. But obviously that season is over. And so, you know, now we just kind of mix it in when we can and when it makes sense. And like you've said a number of times on this show, football's king. People always want football yep. content. We always want to talk about football. So let's go back to the draft, which is still, I know, weeks, months away even. J.J. McCarthy is certainly not uh, going to be one of the top QBs taken unless, you know, you – uh, just sort of extrapolate that out over an entire draft. And of course he will, he, he might be, you know, fifth, sixth, something like that, but he's not going to go in the top five, six picks. Uh, you know, no. we're, we're wholeheartedly expecting the likes of, and maybe in this order, Caleb Williams, Drake may Jaden Daniels to, you know, go maybe top three, uh, all of them, certainly, you know, top five, JJ McCarthy, you know, people have asked, in, including Caesar, our producer, is J.J. McCarthy really a first-round pick? And I have been saying throughout the college football season, the answer to that question is no. I just don't think he is first-round quality. I, I don't think he's – I know he won a national championship, and I'll do respect to what he accomplished in college. Maybe John Harbaugh, Tom Brady, J.J. McCarthy is, in fact, the best QB in Michigan history. Great. That doesn't mean he's going to be a great pro. And you watch J.J. McCarthy, and I think he is proven to be a, a, a – people take this as like slander. It's not intended to be that. I think he's a solid game manager. He's not flashy. He's not elite. He takes advantage of what he's got around him. He's not super mobile. I don't I, – I think he's going to be around the NFL for a while. I think he's going to be a journeyman. He's probably going to be a career backup with some starts mixed in. He does not strike me as a guy that's going to have this – you know, 10-year career as a starter where he is a, you know, multiple-time pro bowler. I just, I don't see that. I have never seen that in one moment of one game that I have watched J.J. McCarthy. So, no, I don't think he's a first-rounder unless some team out there is listening to Harbaugh say he's a first-rounder <laughs> and he should go number one in the draft. What do you think? Well, there's no way he's going one and there's no way he's going to be the first or second or probably even third quarterback taken in this draft he is to me the 
perfect Russell Wilson, Drew Brees comp. The upside is there. The mental game is there. In a system like the Niners with Brock Purdy, he can succeed. But if you're asking him to be Patrick Mahomes, you're asking, you know, someone who can barely bench press 200 pounds to go lift a, a truck. It's just, it's not possible. He is limited by his physical capabilities. Now, I will say this. His physical tools are a little bit better than the average undersized, let's say, Bryce Young tying up quarterback. He has a little bit more girth to him. He's a little bit more mobile. I watched him a lot at Michigan because I'm a Penn State guy. I had a chance to watch exclusively um, all of the games that he played against Penn State very much attentively, living and breathing and dying with every single snap. And obviously mm. because of Michigan being the, 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 prolific, you know, the prolific team that they are, I watched a lot of other games that he played in. The fact that he was not asked to throw a pass in the second half of the Penn State game, whether he was injured or not, I think speaks a lot to the limitations with his skill set. I think he needs the right coordinator. He needs the right system. He needs the right team around him in order to be successful. He is not going to be Josh Allen. He is not going to be Patrick Mahomes. He is not going to say, get on my back. I'm winning the game. That is not, and if you want him to be that, you're asking, you're barking up the wrong tree, as my mom used to say. So I, I think... If you frame it as J.J. McCarthy has upside, some team, because of the rules around quarterbacks and the contracts and the money, will probably take a pick in the first round on him. But if you're asking me, is he the best quarterback in this class? Absolutely not. He is limited by his physical talents. I think intangibles-wise, he has a chance to be the most successful quarterback in this class. But that's not how the draft works. You don't draft off intangibles. You draft off of physical, raw talent. And I think if you grade the other three quarterbacks ahead of him, he does not stack up in those categories. So odds to draft J.J. McCarthy, the favorite or co-favorites are the Vikings and the Broncos, certainly two teams that are needy of quarterbacks, but it feels like half the league that applies to. Then you have the Raiders, the Falcons, the Rams, the Seahawks in that order behind them. Is there a good spot, a good fit for J.J. McCarthy? And do you even think there's a scenario where he comes into the league and plays right away anyway versus being someone's backup to start? Minnesota and Denver. I love those two spots at the top. I think the Raiders are interesting. Luke Getze, of course, comes over from Chicago. All I've heard the last two weeks is how much he loves Justin Fields. Maybe they're trying to get Fields on the cheap over there in or here in Vegas, about 15 miles uh, south of here at the facility where they practice. Um, I, I think Denver does make sense with Peyton. That's a coach I could wrap my head around with, with McCarthy getting the most out of him. Same thing with Kevin O'Connell. I think those are good landing spots for him. All right, when we come back, just the one more segment. Where's the time go, Jared? Man! fast four hours in a blink we'll be back to wrap up this show it is live bet saturday stay with us here on visa witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. This week on Draft, Sportsbook customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app, use promo code VSEN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Sunday Bet Prep follows us in just about 15 minutes. This is the last 10 or so of Live Bet Saturday with Jared Smith. Been a, a ton of fun here with Jared, as it always is. We'll be together again in this same time slot one week from now. So uh, make sure you do join us again. Make us part of your Saturday night, be it if you're uh, watching or listening, obviously, wherever you're catching us. And and there will be a, a lot of college basketball games to sweat and, and we'll have more NBA, NHL, spring training, baseball, golf teeing you up for for a Sunday final round. There's there's so much of it naturally, Jared. But uh, as as you start the process now of, of not only you know finishing up tonight, hell, there's still bets to be placed. You know, we got we got games still to to tip off in another half hour or so, or games all night long. But you know, I'm sure you've started to at least glance at what's in front of you on Sunday. Any uh, any wagers you've already placed, or is that hmm. more of a you know, That's a good question, wait, actually. Wait in the morning kind of thing. Actually, this is a fun game. Let's scan the board here um, mm-hmm. on Sundays, and let's see if there's anything interesting that's going to pop up. Sure. Um, I, right off the top, the Creighton-St. John's game is interesting. I'm fascinated to see how St. John's handles what's going on with Rick Pitino and company. Mm-hmm. South Florida has been a very hot-button team lately. They play SMU tomorrow. That is a very interesting noon Eastern game. I'm assuming it's going to be kind of a pick there between those uh, two teams. That'll be another interesting one. Uh, Purdue and Michigan. Listen, Michigan's had a ton of problems both on the road um, and at home. They're at home in this game against Purdue. I, I still think Purdue is going to run the table in the Big Ten and win that tournament. Um, and we'll see. It looks like Purdue will be about a seven, seven-and-a-half-point favorite tomorrow on the road in Ann Arbor. That FAU-Memphis game, that, wow, actually, that is a really, that is a really, um, really fascinating game. Um, of course, you got Penny Hardaway and his bunch. And, and if you've been following what's been happening with Memphis over the last few weeks, it's been tough. Um, and actually, Purdue's going to be a much bigger favorite. I was looking at the first half numbers. They're going to be like a 13-point favorite tomorrow at Michigan. Um, but FAU is going to be a two-point favorite, looks like, tomorrow um, on the road in Memphis. And I think the Owls have been overrated in the market all year. They're under 500 against the spread. They did cover against SMU at home the other night. But now you have to go on the road and face this Memphis team. Memphis has been like the high, low, very volatile team because of the internal stuff with Penny Hardaway. He came out earlier this week. Go watch that interview. He just like was so down on, on what was happening with um, the rest of the team and, and just the internals and the culture and, and, and the vibe just seems so off. But if you get Memphis's best stuff, home dog against FAU, have kind of been underperforming against the market this year. Of course, they've got the target on their back in that conference after running the table and making it all the way uh, to the final four. So they're getting their best shot from everyone. And that's why they've struggled to cover numbers this year. So I'd say Memphis at home. I, I think that's a very interesting spot. If you get the good Memphis squad, that's a really good spot to bet Memphis as a home dog tomorrow. So I'm uh, a little more NBA leaning when it comes sure. to looking ahead to tomorrow. And I haven't, you know, really delved into all the injury reports and everything. So uh, anything that I tell you right now, I would classify it as more of a lean. You know, I, I need to, uh, again, dig into some of the information a little bit more before I actually place these bets myself. But in terms of the way I would lean on some of these games, some of these lines just look off to me. I realize that Milwaukee, the first game of the day, is on the road. But, you know, I, I'm going to... 
and obviously woefully inconsistent and underperformed under Doc Rivers and all of that, all the things that we've already talked about at length during this show and, and that you've heard, I'm sure, elsewhere in recent weeks. I, I still four and a half, four and a half point favorite against a Philly team that is not great, still obviously is missing Joel Embiid. I get that it's in Philly. There's a little bit of the revenge narrative with Doc, you know, going against his old team, obviously the one that, you know, recently fired him going into this season. And so I like Milwaukee to see if uh, it can string a couple together here and, and ride the momentum off of what happened uh, last time out in Minnesota and obviously well-rested. It's a function if, you know, will they have Giannis, will they have Dame and, and the supporting cast, but everybody's looking pretty healthy for this one. So I, I like this spot for Milwaukee. I, I'm a little surprised that the Suns are only four-point favorites against a, a Lakers team that, I, I just don't think highly of it all. We talked about that earlier with Andrew Bailey. I don't think this is a team that is is going to the playoffs. I really don't. Uh, and, you know, we, we don't know game to game. Will LeBron play? Will Anthony Davis play? Will one of these guys be out? Will both be out? You know, I, I think they'll probably both be in there. I do, which uh, is is why I think the line is only four. Nevertheless, uh, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, I, I, I don't care as much about Bradley Beal. As long as Booker and, and Durant are out there, I do like them to cover the four. I've already seen some people on Dallas minus one, one and a half. Uh, that's probably a stay away spot for me right now. Uh, the Thunder, only six point favorites at Houston. I, I know mm. that Houston is is a, uh, a kind of a plucky, a spunky team, but OKC is loaded, man. I mean, this team, like we barely talked about them. We, we talked yeah. about SGA earlier in the MVP race, but we barely talked about them as, as something of a, a long shot title favorite. I love the Thunder. This team is so good, so cohesive, so wildly entertaining. I like this bunch a lot. I like the way they play, and uh, I think six points. I would have expected this to be seven, seven and a half. So I think you're you're seeing some value there at six. I'm a uh, Denver minus one at Golden State. I do believe that the Warriors are going to the playoffs, as as we talked about earlier. But yeah. you know, Jokic and and obviously what he is always doing. Now I, I think there's no Jamal Murray, which is you know speaks to. Denver only laying one here, but I'd be intrigued by this line you're seeing right now. I'm looking at the VEASAN splits for the DraftKings Sportsbook, obviously. 80% of the handle is actually on Golden State to cover in oh this boy. one, which is, you know, a virtual pick em. I still like the Denver side as of right now. Again, I got to, you know, look further at the injury report and, and where things stand. I, I may monitor and, and risk a little line movement going into the day tomorrow. But right now, that lean would be on the uh, slight favorite on the road there for Denver. Other than that, there's there's nothing else that really jumps out to me. You know, I, I, I'm sure a good chunk of people are going to be on Cleveland minus 11 at Washington, and that's provided you have Donovan Mitchell returning from the couple games he missed out of the All-Star break due to illness. Of course, he was just fine to participate in the All-Star break, but games come around again. Forget it. Uh, 11 points, though. That's just at, Look, they'll probably cover. They probably will, but it still feels a little steep to me. I'm not going to be betting that. Did LeBron play in this first game? Because I remember there was an injury report about no. him. He didn't. No, he he. So no, he played he in the skipped, All-Star game and then missed yeah, the first game after the break. Skip, yeah, skipped the front end of the back-to-back. -back. He played the second one. And this the, is the, why the, I struggle the with the NBA. The unbelievable part, Adam. though, was at the All-Star, coming out of the All-Star game immediately, he said to reporters in the locker room, yeah, I don't think I'm going to play on Thursday. It's unbelievable. Like, he, he was, on Sunday, he's saying, I don't think I'm going to play on Thursday. What do you make of that All-Star? I mean, it was the biggest, it was a bigger <laughs> joke than the uniforms. We don't In have baseball. enough time. <laughs> we don't have what a what a remarkable colossal embarrassment yeah, for the sport of basketball. Never mind the NBA. The sport of basketball asking fans to watch that yeah. that trash. It's an exhibition. I, it was literally like they didn't even care. And like that's the thing. That was the first Adam. That was the first game, NBA all year, where I planned. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna watch this game. First game all year. Like, I, I am your target what market. What your choice? The casual fan. <laughs> I'm the one that you're trying to entertain and keep yeah. engaged. And you just lost me in, like, a, a, a puff of, of explosion and, and doom and gloom. I mean, well, it was gross. I can tell you, man, you should come back because most of the regular season games are a lot better than that. Regular season games, you don't typically get zero defense, a, a zillion three-pointers, and 400 total points. That's so, fair. you know, come, come on back for the regular maybe I was, season. Maybe I'm just bitter because I bet the bit. under. 
Oh, well, I don't know why you did that. that well, was to be fair, I, I got a tip that the number drop. was going to move. I got a tip the number was going to move, and I bet it under 366. It moved, and then I bet over 353 for half my stake okay. to come back because right. I'm thinking to myself, when am I ever going to get a 13-point middle opportunity in a sure. professional basketball game? Um, yeah. That might be my only chance at ever getting one, but uh, it didn't work. I mean, that game was a stone-cold over from the start. And, Adam, there were a lot of really smart people in town, people that have a lot more money and a lot more knowledge about this stuff than me that were hammering the under like they already knew the final score and i'm like what am i missing here and nope. i bet it and it, and the number moved and then i bet the other side but watching it you're like what were they thinking there was, there was no chance this game was ever gonna I, go under i think that they were, they were the th what they were thinking was they forgot that the, this wasn't like the previous rules with the you know fourth quarter playing to a certain number target yeah. like this was it was a full four 12 quarter you know 12 minute quarters they and were so, banking too much yeah. on adam silver having any sway on these guys and his pep talk to play Zero. more defense oh. They thought that that pep talk and the rules, sure, could they play a factor. They had Larry Bird begging the players. I know. It, it was defense. like they just don't Sad. care. They just don't care. So, so if they don't care, write the SUP tweet. If you don't care, why should I care? Yeah, exactly. No, they need to be incentivized at this point, yeah. which is just them asking for more money. Yep. We want to thank everyone who has been part of this show, by the way. Uh, Johnny Lazarus on hockey, Andrew Bailey on basketball, Colby Dant on college hoops. Same for Justin Perry and Joe Cerullo joined us talking baseball. All awesome. Great guest lineup put together by Caesar, our producer, Fantastic. Sean, and everybody behind the scenes. Everybody incredible. You've got uh, Sunday bet prep with a couple of our guys, Dave Ross, Will Hill on the way. Enjoy. Tune in to them, Jared Smith. We will be back next week. Look forward to it. Same time slot. I'm Adam Kaufman. Everybody happy betting. Win some. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.